morning. Welcome to Bethany Church. We are so glad you're here. If this is your first time, beneath the seat in front of you is a Connect card. If you could fill that out, you can drop it off either at the offering boxes at the back of the sanctuary or at Guest Central. We would really love to connect with you. 2 Corinthians 8.12 says, Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. If you'd like to contribute some of what the Lord has blessed you with financially, you can find an offering box in the back of the sanctuary. Hey, Pastor Jordan here. Now, apparently I have developed a reputation for being like the Grinch. Well, that's sort of true. Anyways, uh, we would love to invite you to join us for our Christmas Eve service, December 24th on Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. We'll have Christmas carols, candles, and kids. Lots and lots of kids and we'll be celebrating the reason for the season. And who knows, maybe my heart will grow three sizes that night. And by the way, there will be no Christmas Day service on December 25th. We hope that you spend time with those that you hold dear. All right, good morning, good morning, good morning. How are we all doing out there? If you have your Bibles, we're in Psalm chapter 34. And uh, I'm in a bit of a mini-series. I'm actually closing out this week. We did two weeks. I named the series Pumpkin Spice and Everything Nice because I'm trying to remind y'all it's not Christmas yet. That's coming up. So Thanksgiving, as you know, is about gratitude. And I've discovered two things that will generate the goodness of God, like we sang about this morning. I love that. His goodness in the land of the living. We said that goodness, first of all, is profitable. That was last week when we were in 1 Timothy. And this morning, I want to highlight the subject of gratitude because it is closing in on Thanksgiving, and that is what we're talking about at this time of year. I want to read Psalm 34. I want to read the first three verses here, and then we're going to pray. Let's read Psalm 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord. At all times, and his praise shall continuously be in my mouth. My soul, he said, shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear but be glad. And he said, oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let's exalt his name together. So as we open in prayer this morning, would you do that with me? Would you just thank the Lord for his goodness in your life? Give him a little praise. Say, Father, you are so good. You're so merciful. Father, we thank you that you're here with us today, and I pray we're uplifted. Let's just lift up his name. Say, thank you, God, for being here with us. Thank you for being in this house. Thank you this morning you're with us, and you give us the grace to bless your name and glorify you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Thanksgiving is finally upon us. Boy, those years go fast, don't they? And um, this is one of my favorite holidays. I've discovered I like it uh, as long as I stay busy. The busier I am, and the more I have to do around that time, the happier I am. And I, I... I don't know why that is. Somewhere along the line, I, um, I guess I, uh, I discovered um, that I, I'm unappreciative sometimes, as I said this morning. It's been a bit of a lifelong struggle for me, and I've been open and candid about that. I really sometimes have to work at it. I think it came to me, that realization hit me when I was 14, and uh, I was not uh, particularly grateful for what I got for Christmas. And I don't know if it was because I was like, you know, grown and wanted different things or if I was spoiled, I had to come to face to face with that. So Um, I made it my aim 
not just to be appreciative, but to grow gratitude in my life. And so I'm always looking for ways in which I can be more and more appreciative, more and more grateful, uh, particularly in areas like relationships, uh, in terms of the possessions that I have, um, with the life lessons I've learned. You know, gratitude is a very productive force. Godliness is profitable, and gratitude is very productive in your life. Now, I want to read the first verse here, Psalm 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at how many times? Every day, he said, all the time. I read that verse, and I'm like, really, God? I mean, really? All the time? <laughs> like when you get frustrated because Thanksgiving turkeys cost more than they ever have? <laughs> or, you know, when you go through family crisis, or maybe the elections don't turn out like you want, and, or, you know, yeah. it's been a cold November, right? So there's always reasons where you have to go, really? Yeah. You know, if you do a cross-reference on this verse, Psalm 34, 1, it's going to take you to 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. I like that verse. It says that we should uh, could praise God in everything. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus. In everything, give thanks. It's the will of God in Christ Jesus. And another cross-reference is Ephesians verse 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. He, he said there that you should always abound in thanksgiving. Always giving thanks to God. Now, I remember the story that my 98-year-old grandma told me, and she happens to be here today. This is the best illustration I've ever heard on gratitude. My grandma is a cynical sort, okay? I'm not going to lie. And, you know, she was coming down from Bainville, Montana, which is up in the middle of nowhere, driving down Interstate 94 on her way here, somewhere around the small town of Terry, Montana, in the middle of nowhere. She's driving along in her 1978 24-foot-long Crown Victoria and run herself smack dab into a deer. Now, now, in those days, she was listening to like a cassette tape, and her favorite preacher was on when she hit that deer, that tape player rolled off the seat onto the floor. And she hit the deer, and then she heard her preacher friend say, in everything give thanks, it's the will of God in Christ Jesus. And as a cynical soul, she said, oh yeah, God, what am I supposed to give thanks for now? And the Lord spoke to her heart, and he said, you have one headlight. You can still drive into Terry. <laughs> so like the Bob Dylan song, she drove up there with one headlight. She made it into town, <laughs> giving God thanks <laughs> for what he'd done, done. And everything, give thanks. I'll bless the Lord at all times. That's something I've had to learn how to do. So I get to preach to you, and I get to preach to me this morning. And what I want to teach you is how to garner gratitude in your life. How are you going to grow your gratitude? How is it going to come up? Inside you. And you know, I find, I find a lot of people in today's world do not know how to be appreciative. It's like the times we're living in. I feel like a product of the generation. And so I'm, I get to teach you all this morning reasons why I rejoice and give God thanks. And I bless the Lord because of these things. And as I was reading this psalm, I mean, they just jumped off the page to me. So look at Psalm 34, verse 1. I sought the Lord. No, verse 4, excuse me. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all my fears. You know why I bless the Lord and thank him? Because he has delivered me. And he has delivered you. I'm grateful for my deliverance. I'm grateful that I have been saved. I'm grateful that he pulled me out of the muck and the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. And if you know anything about the Lord's delivering power, you know this is what he does. I mean, he, he 
is the deliverer. He delivered Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. He delivered David here from the maniacal hands of King Saul who was chasing him around. David found himself in some difficult places. That's the context of this psalm. He, he, he was in a bad spot. He delivered Daniel from the lion's den. And when you read about Jesus, he's going around and delivering all who were oppressed by the devil. That's what he did, man. He brought deliverance to the captives and set people free. There is no end and no limit to the Lord's ability to bring deliverance into your life. He can deliver you, Scripture says, from the uttermost, and I like to say all the way to the guttermost. He can deliver anybody, anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Uh, here it says that he delivered David from all of his fears, his anxieties, his worries. You ever had fear creep up in your heart? You know, the Bible calls it a spirit of fear. And sometimes it's just irrational. You don't know why you're afraid. You might just feel anxious about something. Sometimes it's crowds. Sometimes it's people. What, it's, it's like, you know, people get caught up with anxieties and fears. It's a real thing in, in our life. And I've had to find in, that the, the quicker I learn how to resist that fear and dwell on things like the love of God and what he's done for me to set me free, I, I don't have a reason to be afraid. He's delivered me, David said, from all of my fears. I mean, there's all kinds of fears. The fear of failure. That's why people don't ever reach out to do something in faith. They sit back, never reaching their potential or doing things maybe that God has called them to do. It's because they're afraid they may not succeed with. Sometimes people are afraid uh, because they've got the fear of man. They've got some comparisons they're making with one another. And that's one that'll kill you. And the best thing about aging and getting older is that I don't care nearly as much about what people think like I used to. I thank God for that. These gray hairs on my head are making me wiser, and that means I do not care so much what people think. If you, and all the people above 40 said, amen. It's an incredible thing. I, I just, the deliverance from fears is a real thing. I, I, I like this song. Look, look at verse number six. David said this poor man. That's, he's talking about himself. He cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him from all of his troubles. So not only will he deliver you from your fears, he'll deliver you from your troubles. That would be the um, circumstances. That would be the uh, stuff that you're facing, you know, the, the, the trials of life, like when you hit a deer on your way into Billings from out of town. I mean, he'll deliver you from these things, like, like when you go camping and there's a flood, and the Lord will help you get out of that campground before things get bad, man. He delivered me from all of my troubles. Yeah, uh, sometimes troubles, though, are self-inflicted. <laughs> this is where people get themselves in trouble because they have overspent money, made poor decisions, and, and I'm just grateful for God's grace, man. He's, he's right there to help you in spite of yourself. So he'll get you through fears, he'll get you through troubles. I do love verse 19 because it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord would deliver us from them all. You notice fears, troubles, and afflictions are all plural words. Afflictions have to do when people or situations are opposed to you, people that are working against you. You know, the Bible says that the devil is your adversary, and he's seeking. He's seeking to harass you. He's seeking to stop you. You know, a lot of times you're in a spiritual battle, and I've discovered people often don't recognize it soon enough. Sometimes when you get down, sometimes when you feel opposition, it's like you just think it's life circumstances and maybe aren't quick to understand there's a spirit that's working to oppose you. 
And a lot of times for me, when I get through things, it's the arrows. Learn how to deal with demonic spirits sent against my mind and, and learn how to, you know, shoot down fiery arrows with the helmet of salvation. It helps me get through things. He delivers you from afflictions. Yeah. The, the afflictions might have to be not just with spirits, but maybe there's people that oppose you. You know how they oppose you? Sometimes it's through criticisms. They get stuck in your mind. And you think, what are they going to think? What, what, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I should, you know, do what God's called me to do. And so that, that affliction will sometimes keep you from progressing in the plan of God. Yeah. Or maybe it's they undermine you. They're saying things about you. And so people kind of, and, and it kind of hinders your way a little bit. And the Lord will deliver you from that. Sometimes it just has to do with literal persecution. In America, we're not so much persecuted as much as we are picked on. But I have been in places of the world where you can't have church services. You, you have to you know, be quiet about it, incognito about it. You, you can't have services more than a few people on hand because the government will step in and try to squash what's going on. And, and that's a persecution that comes with people. But I have found that the Lord is a deliverer. I mean, just thank the Lord for everything he's delivered you out of. Think about all the stuff he brought you out of, how he delivered me. He set me free through troubles, through trials, through problems. He has been there to deliver me whenever I've called upon his name. Has he done that for you? That's why I'm grateful. I'm grateful to serve a delivering God. He delivers me from fears, anxieties, worries, and troubles. Let me give you another thought here. I like verse 8, man. This is a great song. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. Blessed is the man, he said, who trusts in him. Here's what I'm grateful for in life. I'm grateful for life's experiences, some of the stuff that I went through in life, some of the uh, difficulties. Uh, an experience that you have is something that can affect you personally, it, and it can help you form observations about your life or come to conclusions because you've had a direct, uh, you know, a, a direct participation with something. You know, the men that wrote the Bible had experiences and encounters with God. They heard his voice. They had dreams, visions where God spoke to them. They, they went through fiery trials and difficult things. They experienced his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, and he brought them through. I mean, I, I thank the Lord for some of the things I have been through in life, even though they may have not been the most pleasant things that I experienced. Uh, experiences are powerful things, man. Because what you get to discover about God is a whole new element of who He is. You know, I like what it says in Lamentations 3, His mercies are new every morning. You get to discover a whole new part of who He is every day of your life. He's everything you need right now, and yet tomorrow He gets to be more. And you and I get to know Him, we get to experience that. And if life has taught me anything about God, it's that He is so good. That's what we sang about this morning. We sang about His goodness. Here it says you can taste and see that the Lord is good. First Peter said that you can taste that the Lord is gracious. Man, you know, that's how I know he's good because he's gracious to me. He's forgiven me. He's extended me mercy when I am a knucklehead. Uh, he, he, he doesn't hold certain things against me. He has overlooked my sin. And, and through his blood, I, I get to be in right standing with him. I mean, how good has God been to me? I, I think about pitfalls, trials, struggles that I went through, and God has proven himself good on my behalf. I've tasted of his goodness. I'm grateful for that. Here he said in verse 9, he said, 
Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. And he said, there's no want, no lack. Someone say, no want, no lack to those who fear him. Yeah. See, what I have experienced about God is he's a provider. See, he's good. So he makes provision. He comes through for you. And he's provided things in my life, all my life. As Elizabeth said, he's not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He has come through to provide things for me, big things, like spouses and houses. I mean, he showed up and helped me when I've called upon him, things I needed for a family. And, and I mean, he's been there for the big things, decisions I've had to make. He'll make provision for those things. And he'll do it in the small things. That, that's the most amazing thing to me about God. Yeah, he does the big things. He does the small things. I'll tell you how he does it. He said, they said there's no lack, right, with those who want God, who fear him. So this week, you know, it's Thanksgiving. It's not Christmas yet. We all agree on that? Yeah. Well, my wife is a, fa- is a Christmas fanatic. Yeah. So, you know, she, um, she's always wanted to have a tree in the basement. We got the basement remodeled, and she wanted to put a tree down there. And I was going to tell her, hey, Mr. Budget says no, baby. I mean, that's what I told Titus. We ain't buying no second tree for Christmas. You know, I blame the budget for it. Well, she had prayed. Don't ever underestimate the power of a praying woman. And out of the blue, she got a phone call from a friend who said, Elizabeth, I have three Christmas trees. One of them's still in a box. Would you like a tree for the basement? She said, well, yes, I would. Does it fit the right way? It turned out it's perfect. It's lit up. Yeah. And uh, in spite of my best efforts <laughs> to consult Mr. Budget, we got ourselves a tree in the basement because there is no want. There's no lack to those who fear the Lord. He's a provider. So he'll see to it that you get, you know, the things that you need. Elizabeth needs Christmas. I don't understand that, but that's a need she has in her heart, man. I mean, <laughs> he is a provider in the big things and the small things because he's good. That's what happens when you're grateful. Man, when you're an appreciative person, it's easy to receive things from the Lord. Yeah. Look at verse 10. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Let me tell you what experience has taught me. That when I have a problem, when I'm in a conundrum, when I have something I don't know what to do about, as long as I seek the Lord, He will give me an answer. The difference between a young lion and a, and a lion that's mature is that mature lions have learned how to hunt. That's why they're not hungry. Because they know how to go after God. They know how to seek Him. That, that, that's what experience has taught them. Experience has taught me that when I am at my wit's end and I don't know what to do, if I will seek the Lord, if I'll stay in a place of gratitude, He will come through. Think about what uh, the Bible says in Philippians 4. He said, uh, be anxious in nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving... Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will be right there with you, and he'll answer your prayers. Thanksgiving, in the middle of that, man, when you seek him with thanksgiving and gratitude in your heart, he will get you Christmas trees when you want them. (laughs) He will provide, he will give you answers, he will be right there to help you know what to do in the middle of a situation. And I've just, you know, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I've tasted the powers of the age to come. That's Hebrews chapter 6. And I've discovered the realness of Jesus, the realness of, of the Holy Spirit working in my life. It's a funny thing. I heard the story about a guy debating the existence of God. He was talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life and how he helped him. 
And the guy was angry. And he was fighting him and accosting him. And so this preacher guy who was arguing with him was just listening. And he was kind of opening up an orange. You know, he's listening and the guy's telling him that God doesn't exist and he's not here and he's not present. And, and, and he ate an orange while the guy was telling him this. And then he said, I'll ask you a question. Tell me how that orange tasted. Was it tangy? Was it sweet? Was it juicy? And he said, you wouldn't know, would you? Because you've never tasted of it. And I'm just here to tell you, I have tasted of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I can testify uh, that God is good. That's what life's experience has taught me. I've tasted of it. And you all tasted of God's goodness in your life? Are you grateful for the times he's come through? What experience has it taught you in life, man? He's good. And I know him. And I got to walk with him. I've experienced him. Look at verse 11. Here, here's a, a third uh, way that you can garner gratitude in your life. He said, come, you children, and listen to me. And he said, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. We talked about this last week, about godliness. Yeah. He, he said, who's the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Remember, if you live godly, uh, it's going to affect the posterity of your life, the, the longevity of it. Uh, he said, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Now, this is one thing I have really become grateful for. I am grateful to have a conscience. Be grateful that you have a conscience, an inner voice that acts as a guide to help you determine right from wrong and make good decisions. I'm grateful for that, that voice in my life, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Your conscience is based in the fear of the Lord. Because it tells us, you know, it's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's, it's how you know what to do right from wrong. It's, it's rooted in having a sense and a reverence and awe and respect for who God is in your life. You know, it's a funny thing. The older I get, the more that I try to be sensitive to the voice of my conscience. So I do little things just to practice. It might sound strange to you, but I like to keep my cell phone on the lowest volume I can. I, sometimes I turn it off, and I'm just trying to acclimate myself to listen for the smallest times it might go off. And sometimes I might miss a call or a text message, but that's okay. <laughs> a lot of times, though, I've learned to just hear it. And I want my conscience to be like that. I want it to be very sensitive so that I can turn at a rebuke. I can turn when he corrects me. I can turn when he leads me. I'm trying to be sensitive. I'm trying to develop my conscience. And I've discovered if there's any way for my conscience to start getting hard, it's generally through words that I have been saying or hearing. Think about what the verse says in verse 13. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Man, you know, words are the number one thing that triggers a conscience. I mean, you know, it's funny. That's a buzzword right now. People getting triggered. Well, your conscience gets triggered when you hear something that is wicked or vile, and you can sense the presence of God leaving your life just because you've been hearing certain words. It, 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 you're hardwired that way. I can tell when I say something stupid to my wife, the moment it's left my lips, I'm like, oh, I wish I could take that back. Because you feel bad about it, but you can't. Look at y'all laughing, but I know you all are guilty as I am on that one. <laughs> Everybody knows that feeling, don't they? You feel like, man, I've said that, and oh, I wish. I wish. And that's why some of us, as we age, we say less. <laughs> you get older, you get wiser, you learn, I'm not going to say something. I'm not going to say something. <laughs> uh, man, you, you know, 
I, I was in here praying. All right, this is going to sound very carnal. Forgive me. I was in here praying, and this stupid phone in my hands, which is very distracting. Can we all agree on that? I was somehow managed to get on a Facebook Reels, and there was a guy named Dave Chappelle. Anyone ever heard of David Chappelle? He's a funny man, but he says some very crass things. And his joke was good, but he used bad language, and I could just feel God's presence like leaving. <laughs> I thought, I should not have been listening. <laughs> and, and I had to stop. I mean, like, man, you got to be disciplined about these things because, you know, if your conscience gets triggered, it's hard. It's hard to get the presence of the Lord back in those cases. Your conscience will convict you. Yeah. Here he said, you keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking deceit. He said, depart from evil and do good. You know, your conscience will guide your actions. It, it, it will be like the thing that helps you determine what I should do, which way I should go. I was a virgin when I married Elizabeth. I read a statistic that about 6% of males actually are virgins when they get married. And when you factor in the socially awkward people, that's a real low statistic. So I'm just saying that that conscience in my life helped me. That and the voice of my mother saying, don't do it! <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I'm appreciative for a conscience that helped me flee from sin. That's how I walked away from you know, certain things in my life. It was a conscience that helped lead me and guide me from evil, away from evil. He said, seek peace and pursue it. So a conscience is one of those things that can help you guide your priorities, your pursuits, the purposes that you have. The goals that you set in life can be rooted in a conscience that is trying to pursue the Lord. You know, it, it, like relationships for me. I think about these children that I have, and they're growing so fast, and I think, man, before I know it, they're going to be teenagers. I pray Jesus comes back before then. Come on. But I want, I want to succeed at relationships with them. It's become a goal. It's a pursuit that I have. And my, my admonition and, and the thing I want to tell you this morning is you got to be grateful for a conscience that helps you make good decisions, that helps you run from wicked and, and, and learn how to hear the voice of God and be sensitive to his leading. Man, that, that's a conscience that I am grateful for. You want to talk about what you're grateful for in Thanksgiving? A conscience. Grateful that he's so good, grateful for the stuff that you've been through, the good, the bad, the ugly, that he'll show you through things. Let me give you another thing to be grateful for. Verse 15. I like this. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. That's you and me. People that love him. People that live godly. And his ears are open to their cry. Let me tell you what you should be grateful for. Be grateful that you have an audience with God. In other words, you, you get to be in his presence. You get to approach him. You get to come before him. You have an interview with a person in a position of authority. And Jesus is the one, the Bible says, that has all authority in heaven and earth. I like what Paul said about him in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He's the only potentate, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. He is the highest in the land. And, you know, in the Bible, you get people like Queen Esther who went before the king and he extended a scepter of favor. Or you can think about Nehemiah when he was with King Cyrus and he was given favor so that he could go help rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. I, I think about Paul as he, you know, had a journey to appear before Caesar in Rome. And I think about you and me who have been given access to his presence where we can come before the king. That's straight out of the book of Ephesians, man. We got access to get into his presence. We have access to go up here before his throne. Man, what a wonderful thing. We get to have an audience with the king. He hears 
our prayers. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears. Someone say his ears. They're open to the cries that you have. Man, we have favor with him. And this is the beautiful thing about God. You get to approach him on a legal basis. You have legal right to come before him. What gives you that right? The blood of Jesus, man. His blood that was shed gives us access to go before the throne of heaven. That means it's right there for you. He's called an advocate. He's like a lawyer arguing on your behalf. And so when you come to his presence with the blood of Jesus, he doesn't look at your failures and your flaws and your stupidity and the dumb stuff you said to your wife. He looks at you through the blood that's been shed and extends favor on your part, man. I love that. It means that when we gather together in the house of God, we're equals in his sight. We get to be here and have fellowship with one another because the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. His blood is what's made a way for us to go appear before him. We have legal access into the very throne room of heaven. And if you really ever understood what that means, man, you'd have no problem asking God for things to be answered in prayer because you've got a legal right to be there. Yeah. You know, when you understand you've got legal rights to go before the Lord, it will produce confidence in you. Woo-hoo. That's what the scripture says. We can approach him boldly and come before the throne of grace and find help in time of trouble. You ever had time of trouble? Trouble might come, but I can confidently, legally, and boldly go before the throne of God because his face is on me and his ears are open to my cries. Man, you don't have to wonder. You don't have to be confused. You don't got to go, I don't know if he hears me or not. You know, it's amazing having children. They teach you a life lesson. My children have no problem asking me for things for Christmas. I mean, every time the TV's on, they scream, I want to buy that. And then it's, Dad, Dad, let me, I want to show you this. You know, I want this. I, I mean, they have no problem. And yet sometimes, you know, you and I just kind of get real timid, and we don't understand we can boldly and confidently and legally approach him. And by the way, that access you have to the throne of God, where his eyes are on you and his ears are open, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, where he's got a call center with people who speak English. Yeah, and there's no holidays they take. I mean, he is going to be able to, to hear you at any time. He, he, listen, you have access to go before him whenever you want. You can come before him. He doesn't get weary of you. He didn't roll his eyes at you. You approach God in faith, he takes you seriously. You come confidently, you come boldly, his eyes are right there to see you. And by the way, he would appreciate it if you would approach him more. Probably you aren't approaching him enough. Probably you're just, you know, taking things lackadaisically and, you know, if I need it. But he, I'm telling you, he would love it if you'd spend every day with him, reading the Bible, studying the scriptures, loving on him, access into his presence so you become more and more acquainted with him. I'm telling you, that's the easiest place to get some prayers answered and have an audience with him. He, he wants you to be with him as much as you possibly can. You believe that this morning? Yeah, that his eyes are open. He sees you. Yeah, his goodness is right there. Oh, he's so good. He's so gracious, isn't he? He's a wonderful, loving God. Now, I'm someone who is learning how to grow my gratitude. What about you? I mean, probably it's something in your life that needs to grow. It needs to increase. 
And to do that, you've got to ask yourself the questions. What have I been delivered from? What have I been brought out of? You know, I was at Opportunity Bank uh, maybe a year ago. And I ran into my friend from high school, my friend Cassie. And she was telling me, she said, I know you're a pastor. And she said, you know, I've been sober now for about two months. And I was like, oh, wow. And it, it made me think about where I would be if it had not been for the grace of the Lord, his goodness, and a praying mother. Man, I think about that. What has the Lord delivered you from? Where would you be if it had not been for his blood shed in your life? What kind of hole, what kind of mess? Man, I'm grateful for his delivering power. I'm grateful for the lessons I've learned. What lessons have you learned in life? What, what are things that you've had to grow from, glean from, maybe the goods and the bads? I have learned that if I'm not grateful and not appreciative, it's hard to receive things from God. I have learned if I'm not appreciative that the doors don't open. It's almost like my gratitude, my appreciation is a master key that unlocks doors in front of me. Hmm. And I think about experiences, lessons, things I've learned in life. How grateful am I? How grateful are you? Maybe it's bad things you went through. I know people who've been through some real difficult things, but God has turned all things to good for those that love him and seek his face. Man, how grateful. Hmm. Um, maybe I'd be grateful for that conscience of yours. Grateful that you can hear it and that's not calloused. A calloused, hard conscience can lead to some very difficult things in life. You know, the, the way of the transgressor is hard. That's what scripture says. So when, when your conscience starts to get hard, man, that's where you get in trouble. And you got to evaluate, am I listening to my conscience? Is it something that it, it is guiding me? Is it present at all times in front of me, do, do I hear it or, or, or do I push it off? You know, if you continue in sin in a certain area of your life, that conscience will just get totally turned off and you'll go ahead sinning and I think nothing about it. I am grateful for a conscience that carries me. I'm grateful for that. I, I'm, I'm grateful to have an audience with God. I mean, what is your quiet time like? I mean, when you go before him, is it, is it? No, I know how it is. Sometimes you just don't feel, you know, the Lord's presence there. You just get through it. But I want to be in a place where it's rich, it's saturating. And you got to ask yourself that, man. What, what's it like when I go before him? Do I have confidence? It, it, am I coming with expectation in my heart that he's going to meet me every time? Mm. Yeah. The, the, how many of y'all want to grow in gratitude with me? I know, I'm, I, I'm telling you, if, if you want to see God do things in your life, if you want to see him answer prayers, breakthroughs come, mm, be grateful. So let's pray that. This morning we thank you, Father, uh, for an appreciative group of people who love you, concerned about you, care about you. Father, I thank you today that we're growing. Growing, growing, growing. And I pray, Lord, that you'd even help shift our perspectives when we think about the failures we've had, the frustrations. God, that they turn out for good on our behalf. I pray that we will be a people pressing into you, not pulling back, but seeking after you all the time. Mm. I thank you for your goodness. And even in the moments where we haven't thought about your goodness, God, you're going to show it to us. Thank you that your goodness will be shown in the land of the living. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Oh, I thank the Lord for his faithfulness. I was up. I was up here preaching. And, you know, it's a funny thing. The more you preach, then um, you get to have discussions in your heart with God. And you can be preaching, and, and it's like you'll have... Uh, one guy described to me as like in the twinkling of an eye. You'll, you'll just catch something from the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I'm trying to le- like lean into that and become more and more sensitive and aware of that. So I'm up here preaching, and I'm looking out, trying to make eye contact with people. And, and I, I was reminded this week, I texted a brother. There's Brother Leonard over there. Just sitting, sitting there, Leonard. And I was preaching, and I saw you, and I was reminded of a word I gave you many years ago the Lord put in my heart about God's goodness. He was going to show himself strong and faithful. And I've, would you just stand up, Leonard? I, I want to I encourage you with something. Because uh, I think you can perhaps relate with me. I know sometimes you get frustrated with people. That's easy to have happen. <laughs> I know the feeling. But I feel like that as you extend grace and goodness to people, God's goodness is going to be extended more in your life. Rearing that word, I days of your life from be greater than former days. I think God is going to bless you in so many unique ways you haven't thought about. I'm rearing that word I gave to you. God's goodness in your life. So you reach a hand out to Leonard here on a prayer. So Lord, I thank you for this man growing in gratitude. Ooh, Leonard, I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. I feel the gratitude. come. You know, there's things that God's done for you you haven't realized. And I, I think if you'll just acknowledge that, thank him and press into that, man, I'm telling you, his goodness on your behalf is going to grow. Lord, I thank you for a man that seeks you. Mm. you know, God sees, he sees the sincerity in your heart for him. Yeah. So I just thank you in this season, God, the best last part of the year he's ever had, in Jesus' name. <laughs> thank you, Brother Leonard. I appreciate that. Mm. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness and your goodness. Mm. The goodness of the Lord. Do you feel God's presence right here? I feel, I feel his presence. I feel like God's about to bless his people, as I said last week, in the face of difficulty and opposition and, and trouble in the world. God will take care of you if you live for him and you stay grateful. He will see you through trials. Amen. 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 Let's stand up this morning. Good to have you in the house of the Lord. I want you to know that you're valued and you're blessed. And if you want prayer, the altars are here open for you. I want to pray with you and I want to challenge you this week to invite someone out to church, man. It's Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoy it with your family. And I want to remind you to just think of Sister Jerry as she's going through a trial because she came here this morning to pray. And it's not the easiest thing in the world when you're in that condition to come and honor God. I know because I've been there. I've done that, man. I'm not, and when I did that, and in the painful moments I've had, and I blessed him at all times, it's like he showed up in marvelous ways. So I want to encourage you with that this week. Bless the Lord. Amen. Like I said, if you want prayer, we're here for you. We love you all. We will catch you all next week. If you want prayer, we're down here. God bless you. Washes wide.